The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. A truly special show coming up for you guys today here on Fantasy NBA Today. A happy Friday to you all. October the 8th, we are 11 days now from the start of the NBA season, but I don't want to waste any time on that stuff. This is all business today. I kid, of course. We will have the legends of fantasy today's episode. A visit from both Aaron Bruski and Dr. A. Come on. I mean, look, I kind of don't, I think I can safely say that almost no matter how long you've been playing fantasy sports, you have read something by either Brew or Dr. A. And of course, they worked together for the better part of a decade at Roto World, now NBC Sports Edge. And I just, I can't wait for you guys to hear these two guys chat fantasy, life, evolution of the game, all sorts of stuff. That's coming up in about 90 seconds here on the podcast. Very quickly at the front end, we're not going to do a 10-minute monologue on a player today because I don't, frankly, I don't want to delay the visit from our buddies here. So quickly, I just want to tell you, you're listening to Fantasy NBA Today. This is a hoop ball presentation. If you enjoy today's podcast, please do rate and subscribe. It just means the world to me. Helps move us up the boards. More people can find the show. So please click subscribe. Drop a five-star review if you're enjoying the podcast. And follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris. D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Last year, I couldn't get the times to align, so I had to run the segments back-to-back. This year, the timing works, and I present to you all officially the Legends of Fantasy Basketball episode of Fantasy NBA Today. I am thrilled to be joined by both Dr. A and Aaron Bruski. Steve Alexander, of course, that's the actual name. Dr. A, what's up, man? It's good to have you back on the pod. It's good to be back. Coming off a uh, controversial number one pick in the draft, <laughs> um, I knew I, I was. Well, we'll talk about that later. But no, everything's good, man. My wife is running for mayor. When we're done recording this podcast, I have to go shake hands with a bunch of political type <laughs> of people. But we're not really po- political people. We're just your average citizen wanting to uh, keep our town the way it is. And, and do the right thing. So it's it's been a pretty interesting grassrootsy situation for a month of of campaigning and putting up signs and yards and and whatnot. So that, that is that's wild. Sort of what I've been doing in between drafting Luka Doncic. <laughs> well, you know what one of my first questions is going to be. That's wild, Brew. Can you beat that? Are you running for mayor of anything? No, and it's funny because I think I just nicknamed you the mayor. You like, did call Dan, me that. Dan's the mayor of hoop ball. <laughs> he just goes around, and he said glad, glad handling, I think is what he, he, he said. He's not, he's not the mayor, Brew. He's no, that's the mayor. The mayor. The mayor. Yeah. The mayor is and Fred Hoiberg. what's funny is, uh, well, I think it's funny. People probably think it's really stupid, but uh, <laughs> the town I live in is called Dahlonega. So her <laughs> campaign signs all say Casey for the mayor. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the ah. mayor was Ossie Davis's character in Do the Right Thing. 
And uh, we're totally rolling with that. Yeah, that sounds that's absolutely fantastic. Um, by the way, if you guys don't already, which seems like an impossibility at this point, follow these two legends on Twitter at Dr. A. There's a K in there. D-O-C-K-T-O-R-A. Aaron is at Aaron Bruski on Twitter. That's very easy to find. Um, yeah, I mean, Doc, you you answered my first question before I asked it. Twitter is having an absolute field day with uh, your selection in, I would say, a particular draft, but it's actually all drafts, of Luca uh, in the first round. So um, in the cleanest way possible, what do you have to say to, to all this riffraff? Well, what did, what did you say? <laughs> did you say something on Twitter like, Doc, Doc just, Doc's making sure... Team he fun. Has a fun team. Or team, team fun. What, yeah, say? I believe I hashtagged you team fun. Team fun. Yeah, and you know, uh, my neighbors told me that I should take Nikola Jokic with the first pick. Uh, my son told me I should take Nikola Jokic with the first pick. <laughs> the book tells me I need to take Nikola Jokic with the first pick. Uh, part of my brain tells me I need to do that. But you know what? My my older son, who's in the Navy. He always had two sayings when he was a child. He was he was a little bit um, rebellious. And one thing he would always say is, well, I just do what I want. So <laughs> so, I, I, you know, I learned something from him there. And then he also one of his favorite sayings was you can't have two favorites. Mm. You can only have one favorite. And so both of those things sort of combine into, you know what? I've been on the Luca bandwagon since before he was drafted into the NBA. Um, the Hawks drafted him and immediately traded him for Trey Young. I was beside myself. I was borderline distraught. Um, I have two Luca jerseys, a Luca jersey, and a, a pair of Luca Air Jordans. And Luca's my guy. And last year, you know, if I had the third pick in a draft, everyone who picked in front of me was just taking Luca to spite me and to <laughs> pimp me and to make me mad. And guess what? That's not happening this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you got first overall pick in the, uh, the live show that aired. I'm trying to make sure that whenever anybody's listening to this, that was on uh, Wednesday, October the 6th. Um, Brew, I don't mean to, to ice you out on this, but what are your thoughts on team fun? Now I kind of want to just listen to Steve explain himself all day. Um, <laughs> That well, so when Steve made the big hullabaloo about Luca way back when, that worked worked out for him amazingly. So I have a rule that whenever Doc has an opinion on a player, that you better well them listen. And so uh, I mean that worked out that year. And and look, if he hits his free throws, you know, free throw shooting is interesting. I mean, it's if if guys are. Um, if they're good, if they're good shooters in general, I think they have a chance at making a leap. I don't know why he hasn't made his leap from the free throw line. It kind of seems like this is something he could figure out. Um, so if he can figure it out, I mean, it can absolutely work out for him in either setting, Roto or I believe this was a head-to-head -head draft that you guys did. Yeah, I totally uh, feel like I'm listening to myself right now because I keep saying, you know, if you watch Luca shoot free throws, his form is immaculate like it's really really good and he's a really good shooter and he's a really smart basketball player like at some point i think he's going to figure the free throws out and he's going to shoot 85 percent. i don't know when that's going to happen 
Uh, I doubt it happens this year. Um, especially he really kind of tanked free throws at the end of last season, which was disappointing. But then again, this was a nine cat head to head draft. It's the, it's the NBC sports edge draft show that we do every year. And I had the number one pick and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I should take Jokic. I know that people on the internet are going to be like, I turned that crap off as soon as I saw Luca with the first pick. Cause that's just <laughs> stupid. You know, I knew that there was going to be some of that out there, but there's also a lot of people who are like, Hey man, you like Luca, go get him. And who's to say Luca's not going to shoot 80% from the line, um, average a triple double and be the MVP of the league this year. There's that could easily happen. And also can Nikola Jokic stay as healthy as he's always been? And can he, play in that many games and can he play at as an elite level as he has the last couple of years? I don't know. It's usually not the, the same guy. That's the, the number one fantasy player every year. So there's a little bit of risk in me taking Luca, but then again, it's a nine cat league. If he tanks me in free throws and turnovers, so be it. I, I can still win seven. You know, I, I'm just not worried about it. And I do have team fun. So there. Brew. Yeah. Yeah, you you have a vending machine in in your man cave too. So <laughs> I I I I'm just you know in awe, and I wish that I could be you in many ways. Uh, but you know I don't see Nikola Jokic as the clear cut number one either. So I'm I'm kind of expand brew. Yeah, no, I I just you know I've seen that out there quite a bit. Teasing us. Yeah, I I just I I I personally have Nikola number one right now, but. It's really it's teetering. Like I, I'm not a hundred percent sure that he doesn't get passed by Steph, mm. you know, and that. So that kind of just throws the point that Steve made that I think is really interesting is like it's usually not the same guy every year, and so how do you bake that into your analysis? How do you bake it into your projections and predictions? I don't know. Like that's 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 kind of like a, a random rule that you know, there's not a lot behind it, but it pans out almost all the time. So um, when you look after Nicola, you know, Steph is an injury risk. James Harden's a total random risk, at, you know, for, for a number of different reasons um, over there. But at the same time, he could, you know, go off, especially if Kyrie only plays however many games. Um, you just go down the list. There's not a lot of stability in the first round other than Nicola. And I think that's why everybody's gravitated to him because he's sort of like this consensus easy. Yeah, he's not going to get hurt kind of a pick but they have walking and the situation between the two is interesting too like nicola they, their only thing is the playoffs and yeah he's going to push to play and and malone is a kind of a coach that would let him play through a lot of stuff but i think they all understand that they can't be messing around with regular season accomplishments whereas Donkic, you know that's kind of the step that they need to take as a team is to try to gun for a higher seed and and he just sort of you know got it i don't want to say he got it handed to him in the playoffs because that didn't happen but he he faced that adversity and they didn't get past you know la when they really should have and so i think he will have a chip on his shoulder luca that is to um you know to to get out there and 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 get that MVP award. Am I misremembering you know? that his free throw percent, uh, Doc, maybe you'll remember better than I would. Has his free throw percent faded in the second half two years in a row? Is it, is it could it potentially be fatigue related? Yeah, it could be. Um, it could be. And I, I mean, I just, I don't know. You know, every time you see Luca, 
in warmups, you know, on Twitter, he's doing some insane shot or he's dunking on Boban or he's, you know, giving <laughs> Boban a wet willy and pulling up his jock strap or whatever. But, but I don't see Luca working on his free throws a lot in, in these videos that surface on, on Twitter. <laughs> and maybe that's just the, the part of his game that he has yet to decide he wants to fix because in my mind, as soon as he decides I'm going to be an 85% free throw shooter, he's going to be an 85% free throw shooter. So I don't really that know. Was the yeah, same exact, no, that was the same exact read I had on it, Steve, was that he's hmm. young and he does not care, and now he's about to care. Hmm. So I'll add this. Um, I like the Mavs' season win total over, uh, and I like Luka as for an MVP future. I, I was leaning that way last year. I, it feels like the NBA as a group, sort of story-wise, wants him to be that next guy to sort of ascend to the throne, and he wasn't really ready last year. He came into camp out of shape. He was a little a little uh, fluffy. Is that the word that... Uh, what's the comedian? Gabriel Iglesias. He was a little fluffy last season. So um, there's some interesting angles there on on Luka, and just even the, in the first round as a whole... Uh, who are your other guys, Doc? Who else is on Team Fun? Well, I was going to say, let, let's be clear. I, I did not take Luca number one because I think he's going to be the number one player in 9-cat. That's, that's not why I did it. I took him because I wanted to take him. Um, and, you know, Brewski's kind of made this, the Brew 150, like that, that's his jam. That's his thing. And my thing has kind of been my guys. Like my column the last several years has been my guys. Here are the guys I want. And to to get to the answer to your question, uh, I took Luca one, and then on the turn, on the way back, I got Lamelo Ball and Michael Porter Jr., which are my guys. Like mm. this is this could not that draft could not have gotten off to a more Dr. A textbook start <laughs> than Luca Lamello and MPJ because those are my guys. Mm. Brew, what do you think about those guys? Uh, I'm, I'm in full agreement. I think that that's a great start for Doc. And I don't know how that happened. How did you guys let him do that to you guys? That's, uh, I mean, th- both those two players are, you know, as about as well positioned for young players to go in and just throw haymakers in you know elite territory and fantasy leagues as i've seen in a while i think and i was sitting there watching this thing and i you know i'm waiting for the last pick of round two and vooch went seventh Sabonis went eighth and i'm like okay here go Lamelo and and mpj and i'm not going to get either one of them and then rudy gobert went and then josh took zach levine which was a pleasant surprise. Although I do love Zach Levine, especially the way he's looks like he's bonding with Lonzo Ball. I think Zach Levine's going to have a big year. If I if I didn't get Lamelo and MPJ, I was going to take uh, Levine. And then uh, you know Renee Miller right in front of me took Shea Gilgis Alexander, which I don't hate that pick, but I love that pick because it left me Lamelo and MPJ. <laughs> and that's, that's what I wanted right there. Yeah, I was going to say, he didn't hate that pick because it left you both of your guys, not one of them. I don't feel bad about taking Vooch whenever that was, a few picks earlier in the round. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was kind of surprising. Those guys tend to come off the board 
I would say MPJ in particular is in most of the drafts I've watched recently has gone more in the like 2021 range. Uh, so you assembled team fun out of the one position in that draft. I, I, yeah, you must've been feeling pretty, pretty damn good about yourself at that point. I was feeling pretty good. And then, you know, maybe MPJ slipping a little bit because of the, the vax situation, you know, if, if he comes into contact with somebody who's got COVID, he, he's going to be, um treated differently than the guys who have been vaccinated he could he could you know they can shelve him for as long as they want to uh but then again it's possible he could not come into contact with anybody sit in his hotel room and play every game this season so right i'm really I not worried really not worried even about like that. Kyrie, i'm not as worried like i just think that with everything in life money talks a lot you know, so like guys missing game checks. Well, you know, yeah, that. I mean, it, it impacted Wiggins quickly. Yeah, I so like even I, I, I just think that it, like there'll be like a, you know, deadlines make deals kind of a thing. And when it gets down to the final, final, all right, hey, what are you doing here? You know, I think you'll see Kyrie kick in. Though I, he's know, the, he's, I was going to say, he's the one exception to everything I'm saying here. But <laughs> I don't know about Kyrie, dude. He <laughs> is he's the just one exception. And he, he <laughs> seems to care more about his personal principles and his, his ideas and what, what he's got. And I'm, I'm not even saying he's selfish because I don't think it's that. But he is trying to be the moral compass of you know planet Earth. do as i do instead of do as i say and he's like guess what guys i'm not i'm not doing this and if you don't like it you can kiss my you know what and you know he's the one I exception don't know that he's gonna give into this thing and if he doesn't i don't know yeah, that what the, happens the nets are even gonna let him play at all even in the road games because he's not gonna be allowed to play in the 41 brooklyn games he's not gonna be able to play in the two Knicks games can't practice at home but and and that's their leverage in a way is like he wants to have his cake and eat it too and they're gonna be like no cake and now you know all of us all of us have survived our whole life uh basically making less than a hundred thousand dollars a year (laughs) he makes he made that like like he makes he's made so much money in his career if he's been prudent with it and he's taking care of it you know, there's no reason he can't survive a season losing I'm a, looking a lifetime ball side, though. Like he loves to play, you know, they're, they're, like taking away basketball from him. Say the money doesn't matter at all. I think they have leverage with that. I feel like he would but, just go play a pickup game and be equally happy. That could happen. Anything's possible with Kyrie. Wait, so I, let me, I'm going to I'm going to ask you guys the hard question here. Do you feel comfortable drafting him in any format at any juncture in a draft? Brew, you get to go first on this one. Any format at any juncture. I mean, at, at like, you know, round six, seven, I think you're kind of like you got to look at that because he's an early round guy. And again, like what if the basketball like you can throw away a mid round pick and, and survive you know, um, it happens. Right. And but if it like, hits, then that that's the type of thing that could potentially win you a league. Doc, are you on, in, on board with that? I have two answers to this. I redid my top 200 list last night, and I think I put Curry at like 
110. Like, <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm not messing with him. I don't even like messing with him when everything is okay with him. Like, yeah, can, yeah. Like, he just disappeared last year for two weeks for personal I, I don't reasons. think I've had him on a team in, like, I don't know, ever. I had him once last – I had him last year on this weird team that had my only prayer of winning this Roto League or even competing was to win – uh, percentages and both defensive stats, and so I was like, "All right, I don't like even if he misses twenty something games, I gotta go Kyrie in the second round." And for that purpose, it worked out. With a games cap, you could make I think maybe a slightly better argument to take him in a mid round. I don't know how you take him in any head to head situation because he can't be. I don't think he'll be able to get placed on the injured list this year since he could technically play like every other ball game almost. You could start him, I guess, on like a four game road trip potentially um i don't know doc what was it wait doc you had a second answer to that question i think you said i do have a second answer i just realized i just realized that maybe the reason i got my guys mpj and Lamelo, and and Lamelo for the i mean people are probably like wait he took Lamelo in the second round well it was either gonna be the second or third those picks could be inner right interspersed and that's where he's going too that's where he's going but Lamelo, if you look at his numbers last year, like the guy was basically flirting with a triple double every night he was healthy, and he can do that again this year. But the reason I got those two guys may be because Ryan Canals, who we all know and love, was helping a co-drafter try to work out his <laughs> audio. I remember that. And he got hung up and didn't realize it was his pick. And he got auto-drafted the person at the top of the list. And that was Kyrie Irving. So he took Irving with the third pick of round two. Had that not happened, I probably wouldn't have gotten both my guys. So I think I got kind of lucky there. And uh, Ryan actually handled that pretty well. Um, I would have been I would have been throwing stuff and cussing on the air and probably... <laughs> Probably gotten in trouble. Yeah, but. he was very calm. He didn't He didn't seem bothered by it at all. No. I think yeah. he's so busy, he doesn't even... He's just like, okay. <laughs> what a chill I'll dude. All right, I want to ask you guys about... just Because this is something I really wanted to do last year. And I think I kind of did individually, but I, I feel like it could maybe land a little bit better with getting you both on the call at the same time. And that's more about the, the evolution of fantasy basketball. And... And uh, Doc, I'll start with you on this one. I don't, you know, I grew up in fantasy basketball reading you guys. So it's a little bit of a different perspective on my end. Um, But one thing that I've noticed is just how fast information comes nowadays. That wasn't even the case like six or seven years ago. What has that done to change the way that that you deal with fantasy basketball either for yourself or, or even for NBC sports edge as a whole. Well, the thing that's different now is everybody has the same information. You know, most people play fantasy basketball on the Yahoo format. Right. And the Yahoo news is provided by sports edge, which used to be Roto world. And if it's not, you've got other people reading hoop ball. You've got other people looking at the ESPN news, but it's all basically the same general stuff with different spins, depending on who's writing it. But in, in the grand scheme of things, everybody generally has the same information if they want it. 
And back in back in the day, you know, for me to to find Roto World in nineteen ninety whatever, nineteen ninety nine, <laughs> ninety eight, like I felt like I had this this source that nobody else knew about because it was such a small little baby website that was putting out incredible information. So I was like, I would tell people at my draft, I'm like, yeah, my guys are telling me to do this. They're like, well, who are your guys? I'm like, I can't tell you. (laughs) Secret, I have to kill you. Um, And then if you go back even before the internet, when we were calculating stats by hand once a week and going to, whatever the the copier store was that existed before kinkos (laughs) and printing off copies of stats for guys in the league you know where you get your information from was you maybe could find a fantasy basketball hard copy magazine in some uh baseball card shop or somewhere but you basically had to compile that information on your own and it was just everybody had different ideas. I mean, I saw, I saw Glenn Robinson be taken number one overall oh. in a year that Michael Jordan was still playing basketball. And it, <laughs> it, you just had things. You had guys all over the place. Nobody knew what was going on. Um, the first year I ever played fantasy basketball, it was in uh, the Indianapolis Star League, and they had like twelve groups of players and you had to pick one player from each group and michael jordan was wasn't even included in it because he was too good um but you picked one player from each group and that was your team for the whole year and they print your results in the paper and it was just points rebounds and assists but i had kevin johnson who brewski is very familiar with i think based on what he's doing in (laughs) sacramento or in the recent years, but I haven't seen Kevin Johnson in a while, but yeah, yeah, go on. <laughs> he was the point guard for the Phoenix Suns and he, he suddenly disappeared. He was out sick for a couple of games. And this was like the last, as I recall, I'd have to go back and check, but it was like the last 10 days of the season. And they were like, he's out sick. And uh, I was like, Oh my God, I need him to play. And I think there was something where I could sub a guy out if he was injured or what, whatnot. And so I called the Arizona Sun and <laughs> asked for the sports department, got a hold of this guy that covered the Sun somehow. And I'm like, hey, man, this is a dumb question, but do you know what's wrong with Kevin Johnson? He's like, oh, no, he he uh, practiced today. He's feeling better. He should be good to go. And I was like, awesome. Thank you so much. And that was like deadline the day before the deadline. I left him in my lineup. And long story short, uh, he comes down with chicken pox the next day and misses the rest <laughs> of the season. And I lost because of it. So that's oh. where we used to be. Oh, well, I, so, uh, Brew, I generally the same question, and then I do have a follow up. I'll come back to you, Doc. Brew, what about you? Similar notes on this, or? Yeah, I'm really feeling the part about like having a source and not wanting to tell anybody who it was. Like, I found Roto World, and I actually found a site um, before that, and I'm struggling to remember the name like Paul Charchian's site um, from way back, but it was in football. And it was this crazy thing. Like I went to a draft and I had found this site maybe two days earlier. And uh, what was the football player's name? I forget. He was like a fourth stringer that was going to get the starting job. And like that little piece of information ended up winning me that league. And it was like a guy I got in the 
13th round or something because nobody even knew. Like when I said the name, they laughed. But because the technology and the websites out there had been doing this for a couple of years, it was just like taking candy from babies. And then um, I eventually found Roto World and I was big into football at the time. And it was just like just dominating you know, based on having this knowledge of where this website was. And that was way back in something like the year 2000. Um, so by the time, you know, I'd followed Roto World for a while. And by the time I had sent off an email and, you know, hey, I'd love to get a shot with you guys. Um, you know, Steve hit me up like a year later. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like hey, you still want to do this? And I got to say, I was just so jacked, like, I like it was like everything that was going on in my life was like, oh, I'm going to move all that over the side. I'm going to come over here and do I'm going to do this. Do you remember what around what year that was? Yeah, it was like um, 2007. Mm. Park. Sounds about right. But I also yeah. think, you know, adding on to this conversation, I think that's part of the reason. And I don't think I, I give myself enough um, responsibility or I, I don't pay attention to it enough but i think when brew when brew puts out his his guys his top 150 and and he's got some guy you know ranked 22nd where everybody else has him ranked 72nd people are like what is wrong with you did your <laughs> mother drop you on your head when you were a baby <laughs> um and then i i think when we write our columns and when we can actually express our personal ideas like that is important to people more important than i i tend to think it is because they're like oh doc's my guy bruised my guy he really likes kevin porter jr this year i'm gonna go get kevin porter jr early because of that because the all the websites are basically putting out the same same stuff you take Jokic number one you don't think about it you take curry number two and then you then you think about Luca or James Harden. Um, whereas if you've got one guy giving his personal opinion, that's different than what the what the the brand of the entire site is. It's getting really hard, and I don't want to say really hard because I think it's still out there to find these guys. But because of what you're talking about, like the, the, the competition level of, of the analysis side, there's like, there used to be like me and you and Ryan, and I don't even know who else was out there. Rick Kama. Kama. Well, he was like the original OG, which yeah. is wild. Um, you know, I remember being sort of like just out of school and watching him on NBA TV and people like, hey, have you seen this guy, Rick Kama? And it was all fantasy related fantasy hoops um he had a live fantasy show every night at one o'clock in the morning and and it was amazing it really amazing. that was what turned me on to fantasy basketball because nobody had really synthesized it for me to like you know really make it palatable to to want to jump into um but the uh now you fast forward and you're right all the sites have generally the same information generally the same news depends on who's writing it but to get through all of that sort of group think and you know it's not even group think sometimes the, the players values are just whatever they are like it's there's no wiggle there to get those guys you know however many there are um it, it, it's tougher now it's a lot tougher like you're really it's, it's it goes into the range of prediction 
versus like just knowledge about where they really should go. You've got to like project in the future. Hey, this guy is going to take the leap and it's not really sure. You're not sure, you know, there's no consensus on that. Um, and you kind of got to get out there on a limb and, um, or you end up kind of with the same ranks and drafts as everybody else. And Brew, do you I, think, sorry, I, I'm actually just going to ask a question that, that mm-hmm. runs in this same thread. Do you think that winning at fantasy has gotten harder? I, I do actually think that, but I don't know if you agree. Yeah, it has. And especially like, just depends on where you're playing. Like, um, in like kind of home leagues and intermediate and, and beginner leagues, I'd say no. Um, but like there's, the, the, the water level has risen to where like if you're playing with people that play a lot that frequent Roto World, that frequent our site, that frequent, you know, the, the various fantasy analysts that are out there. Yeah, definitely. It's really hard. And, and I, 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 you know, kind of take a deep breath every time I get into these drafts, like, you know, how many of these guys are actually going to just be picking right where they need to be picking. And it's not just easy pickings anymore. It's, uh, it's a lot tougher. Doc, do you well, agree? One of the things about me and having my guys is like, I, it, when my guy, when I think one of my guys might get taken um, because he's sort of a hot, hot guy, like Nikhil Alexander Walker, like that's one of my guys, namesake, yada, yada, yada. Um, <laughs> when I sense that he's going to be, somebody's going to jump on him in round seven, I take him in round six. And then, People are like, oh, man, why'd you take him so early? You're messing up his ADP. Now I can't have, it can't get him. And Ty- Tyrese Maxey is another guy I think is going to have a good year. I, I reach for him a round or two early because I want to make sure I get him. Kevin Porter Jr. is one of those guys who I have not gotten yet because I was asleep at the wheel um, at the beginning of the season. And then when John Wall said he was – well, when they said John Wall wasn't going to play, I was like, uh – you should have been on KPJ a lot earlier, but so I don't mind. I always reach for my guys. Anthony Edwards is another guy I like to reach for to make sure I, I make sure I get him on my on my squad. But uh, well, as far as your fantasy basketball being harder today, I think football and basketball are both. It's almost a completely different game than it was when we started playing fantasy sports because. Back in the back in the day, you know, in 1995, guys didn't miss games. Guys mm. only miss games if they like jacked their ankle up to where they couldn't walk, or they they needed knee surgery. Otherwise, they were out there playing every day. And now, you know, load management, con- concussion protocol, and football, and um, the way they just blow through running backs in the NFL. You know, these guys are on a two-and-a-half-year shelf life. It's it's much harder, in my eyes, to win now than it used to be. And mainly, you got to get lucky, and you got to get guys that play a lot. Because if you get a guy – if you get guys on your team that get injured, like Christian Wood did last year, and John Morant missed an early chunk of the season, and you, you have all these load management players, it just makes it tough to – to hang in there when everybody's hurt the playoff formats alone are the tough part there because i mean how do you you can't address that you you can basically say all right after right after the trade deadline we're starting the playoffs like and then you would avoid a lot of the late season stuff but that is that's a tough pill to swallow 
you know, if you're playing in a fantasy league, you're going to end it that early. Uh, well, and how many how many teams, how many fantasy managers have the best team throughout the regular season where they just roll everybody, and then silly season playoffs hit, and your guys are not anywhere to be found, and you're you're like picking up, you know, Delon Wright off the waiver wire just on a prayer. It, it's, it's hard. Yeah. My, I mean, I can speak to this. First of all, you guys are making a wonderful case for Roto, which is pretty much what this podcast is the other 364 days of the year anyway. Uh, but I, I mean, I can speak to my own team last year, which was maybe the craziest rest slash injuries slash other reasons for guys to be out year ever that I had so many injuries during one playoff week that I used every move I had to replace an injured guy and had two more guys get hurt. I couldn't even keep up. I, I didn't have enough weekly moves just to replace my injured guys, let alone anything else I might have wanted to do. So, yeah, I mean, it feels like that's even within the last four or five years that that pendulum has swung to where instead of trying to avoid the 10 guys who are injury-prone in the NBA, you're trying to isolate the 10 guys who aren't nowadays. But so I, you're I don't looking know. for teams that are, that are definitely going to be playing at that time of year. And that's a weird ass analysis because you're like, okay, these top three teams don't have anything to play for. You know, they're going to rest for the playoffs or whatever that number is. And you're like, okay, these bottom 10 teams are going to be tanking for position. The play in the is good for this. Isn't the play in tournament good for this? The play in is helps. very good for this. Yeah. It helps. I wanna, and, and I there's go- nothing better than seeing your guys, you know, on a team that's on the bubble, the playoff bubble with the three weeks left in the season because it's like, yep. oh, guess what? He's playing every day. Like, let's go. Yeah. Brew, that's a weird like, analysis yeah. to do. Um, I was going to, before we spun into a different topic, that part about you were talking about how basketball and football is really, really hard right now. And, and from an analysis standpoint, like, you know, there's a lot of picks that are kind of more or less the same. And then, you know, what you've done is you've responded by kind of saying, like, these are my guys and I'll get them early. And what I've noticed in like the high stakes, leagues and, and some of the analysts out there is they really are living in that space that Steve's talking about. Like they're going for guys that you can't project the jump because like projecting the jump would be somewhat irresponsible. Like they're just going to like have this like huge jump in whatever stat, you know, and, but they're really, really good basketball players. So they're just like, and they got great situations. Like I'm just going to do it. Like the numbers don't say I can do it, but I'm just going to do it anyway because I need that edge. And these guys are capable of providing that edge. So screw the numbers in a sense. By the way, we ended up talking about fantasy more than I expected to on in this segment. Can, can, I, can, I, can I interrupt you real quick? <laughs> you may. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I know you're the host of the show. Dude, that the hell with really, that. But... I, I texted Brew at one point. I was like, my goal for this, for this hit is to speak as little as humanly possible. So please, the, Bruce, people come he, for you guys. Brewski just said, screw, screw the numbers. And, and <laughs> like, honestly, like, like when I came into this business 20 years ago doing this, there were only like six numbers. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it was points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, and threes. Like you just didn't have to worry about anything else. Maybe Shaq's free throw percentage, you know? But now with all these all these advanced stats and all this PER and all this stuff, 
that's out there. And you have all these kids coming up in this business that are breaking down those numbers to such an incredible, like minutiae, just like the, the 18th, I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but they're breaking down all these numbers. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm not even going to try to pretend like I'm a math major that graduated from Vanderbilt and I, I have all this knowledge. I'm going to go with my gut and I'm going to go with my guys and I'm going to go with my eyes and what I see when I watch these guys play TV. And the, the reason I interrupted you is Brewski said, screw the numbers. And honestly, I don't, I don't discount numbers, but I lean more towards old school. I'm going with my guy and who, who I think can make a leap this year and not really worry about, um, you know, what his team's transition defense rating is. And, and to build off that point, like, the, the the world of the numbers like I'm I'm, I'm I've tried to keep ups and I think you remember that from when I was working with you like that I wasn't like gonna just not use the numbers like I I'm decent pretty good at math so I, I went down the rabbit hole so and there are guys that they're really good at math like extraordinarily good at math and they are just putting these data analysis projects together with this the most sophisticated stuff in the world and a lot of them to be honest you know a lot of these guys that communicate with you steven and steve your stories on this front are probably more interesting to the listeners because like the people that reach out to you you know that want your advice that are fantasy basketball players but they're like super famous in real life you know like they they'll reach out and they'll, they'll talk to you or even it's like the competitive fantasy player that's reaching out to you and they're like the ceo of a major corporation like you know their their role there is to manage finance for like just these enormous entities and you know that these guys know their you know what on on numbers so they put together all these numbers and and, and they're just great at it i i've been down the rabbit hole and, and i use a ton of numbers don't get me wrong but the numbers have limitations like they, there's like to put it in terms that i think most of the listeners will understand is like there's a lower bound and there's an upper bound that you can reasonably project and not have it just be complete BS, right? But a lot of players operate outside of those bounds all the time. So you can't be a slave to the numbers. Like you, you have to like think about what Steve's thinking about. Like, is this guy, is he dicking around? It's funny, I didn't swear earlier. I was swearing now. Is he dicking <laughs> around with his free throw training because he's dunking on Bobin? Yes, I totally believe that. <laughs> I absolutely believe that he did not practice free throws as much as every other part of his game. And so that kind of qualitative, you know, just sort of gut analysis, I think is, you know, that's critical. You, so you cannot be one way, I think. Um, and you also can't just look at, you know, basketball monster and look at their rankings and be like, Oh, this guy's number four. Well, or, or this guy's number 48, you know, some of the players and I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I love basketball monster. I'm not dogging them at all, but there are, there are guys that show up on their rankings where it's like, okay, I get it. He didn't commit any turnovers and he, he blocked a shot and a half a game and he shot 80% from the line. Does that really make him more valuable than a guy who was like balling out for my team every day and, and sucking in a couple of categories. I, I, I just think, you know, numbers are important, but they're not everything. 
I think, and to nerd up what you guys said a little bit, Brew, you created this, you used the numbers to kind of create the upper and lower bounds. And then the other, the other element that you guys are talking about, which is the gut, the tape, whatever, that probably does influence where they fall in either inside or outside of those bounds to some degree. But uh, I, I didn't realize this, by the way, but the call... They're going to punt us all off of this thing in the next nine minutes, and I, I thought we had more than that. Um, so I want to ask you guys something more, uh, a little silly, I guess, towards the end here, because you guys did work together for a long time, and I got to think something goofy happened during that stretch. So, I, Brew, I, <laughs> Brew, you're on the hot seat first on this one. I want a silly story from Roto World, like 2008. Oh boy, I, I don't know. Silly story, Roto World, two thousand eight. That's family, well, family when, friendly. When, <laughs> okay. Uh, well, my remembrance is um, first of all, I almost didn't make it. I just throw that out there. Like there was a couple times, and I don't think it was Steve. I think it was somebody else. <laughs> was like, yeah, I don't know if this is for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> and and I really, I mean, to be, honest, I think like all of the guys that have been at Roto World that were part of that crew and even dating back further way further than when i was there but like there there was something special in the water there like the expectations were so high for for content and how it got produced and how fast it got produced and grammar and all of that stuff i mean that's definitely been something that you know if panda's listening to this or any of our blurbers like you know they probably got ptsd by now you know from <laughs> listening to my or nerve because, damage like you yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, Steve, Steve probably has a thing or two to say about my 10,000 word columns. But um, <laughs> funny, funny, you should mention that. Yeah, I, I, well, and, and I eventually gave myself nerve damage by all the <clears throat> pardon me, the writing. So I mean, I guess, um, you know, I, I probably should have cut down that word count. But um, I don't know, I, I think like, it was cool that you know, there was probably about three or four of us, five of us, you know, for like a couple of years there. And we just lived on AOL instant messenger. Yes. And it was just like basketball bliss, like, you know, and then basically Steve kind of knew what I was up to and I always knew what he was up to. So the stuff like, you know, about Casey being a politician, first of all, it's hilarious. It's surprising, but it's also not surprising. Um, and then just sort of like, the the kind of the stuff that Steve was always getting into was just fascinating to me because like you know all these indie rock stars are coming out of the woodwork to try to meet him you know because he's like their hero and uh you know they were like heroes to Steve so I was always getting like the background story on that and uh and and just as a random aside Steve I've been watching Portlandia every day because it's <laughs> on my TV for free um like 24 7 it's like one of those smart TV things that kind of reminds, because I think one of us played in a fantasy league with Fred Armisen. I cannot remember. <laughs> um, but we were, we, we both were kind of like, you were doing that stuff. And then I started doing stuff with the Kings. And so we just had like this wild sort of like, kind of like pinch me moments of like, we're in the sports industry and all this crazy stuff is happening. And, you know, it's all really extremely weird and fun. And, and knowing that Steve had sort of done the office space thing and, and said, like, bye to corporate America, I, I'm going to go do this thing that nobody will ever understand. And then experiencing that for myself, like, I still go to, you know, like, go to a barbecue and it's like, what do you do? And I just, like, take a deep breath. I'm like, 
you guys are never going to get this. <laughs> so, Steve, yeah, you, you weren't and, a, you weren't a big fan of Bruce ten thousand word pieces. Well, huh? <laughs> the, the the problem was like these things were called daily doses, and the <laughs> the idea was to give somebody to read something to read while they were in the bathroom stall at work for five minutes. Hey, hey in my defense, a lot of people. They said they still read it in the bathroom. I don't know what they were doing in there. I did. I just spent, I did that in minor league. I worked in minor league baseball in 2007 and eight in Visalia. And I would disappear and use the clubhouse restroom because the team didn't get there until two in the afternoon. And I read that whole damn thing. And I disappeared for 40 minutes before coming and, back to work. Sorry. And I'll on. tell you what, man, Bruce, Bruce, Bruce daily doses blew mine out of the water because he's breaking it down like numbers stats like you could i mean he was researching and writing these things i don't know six hours seven hours is probably why he has nerve damage <laughs> but it, 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 you know they were getting posted back then at like 10 or 11 or 12 the next day and then you know by six o'clock at night they're they're done they're they're useless <laughs> we're moving on to the next day the games are starting and he, he was putting so much work into these columns and you know me and me and uh the, the, the guy Brett? running the show ed was just like bro you can't you can't be <laughs> you, you're gonna kill yourself like you can't do this He's like oh man I, I got to and then he would compile emails from his readers that were supporting <laughs> we, we, yeah we did a poll <laughs> longer doses and do you want you want them to be longer or shorter Everybody's yeah. like longer. Yeah. <laughs> so that I guess that's my that's my fun brew story. The the problem is we never we still never met each other face to face. And I haven't met a lot of people that I work with face to face. I met more now than I used to because we we were doing live shows in Connecticut and whatnot. But but yeah, I if if Brew and I would have ended up at a Vegas ft uh, fantasy sports association oh boy uh convention together <laughs> we probably have a lot better stories to share than we do uh just chatting on aol about various indie rock stars that i somehow <laughs> became just, friends with indie rock stars and josh smith that was probably the the oh aol boy. conversations at that point well before google punts us off of this call because i i don't know when they put this limiter on it i do want to personally thank you both for doing this podcast and also Thank you both for being that site for me when I was getting into fantasy sports, which I think I, I think I found Roto World like around 2004, maybe. Uh, and so that was everybody was like, how does Dan just keep creaming us in this league? And I was like, nobody knows. And that was that. And then I became better at this. And then somehow that allowed me to actually work in it here like almost 20 years later. So thank you both for that. Thank you for doing this show. Uh, Dr. A, at Dr. A on Twitter, D-O-C-K-T-O-R-A, the great Steve Alexander of NBC Sports Edge. I've been practicing that for the last couple of weeks to make sure I didn't biff it on a podcast. Thank you, sir. Legend of fantasy basketball. Thank you. Dudes, the, the, the mayor just came in and gave me the evil eye. <laughs> you got to go. Have, have fun at your soiree tonight. <laughs> you got to go. Cold, like, what are you doing? You got to uh, go. Yeah. You got to go. Doing, so, all right. It was fun, guys. It was uh, good, good to talk, and uh, we'll do it again. The great Steve Alexander Brew. I talk to you relatively frequently, but again, thank you for everything along the way. He is at Aaron Brewski on Twitter. Big dog, I'll talk to you soon. 
Arf, arf. The absolute greatest. They're in there, man. I, don't, I mean, the pantheon of fantasy heroes has to have those two guys in it. It has to. Dr. A, I mean, he's really one of the OGs on this thing. That's, it's so cool for me. I know I said it on the pod, and I think you guys probably feel likewise. I, this is like a, it's weird. I know that this is sort of like a niche industry to some degree, but I do, you pinch yourself a little bit. I'm not starstruck anymore because I work for Aaron Bruski. I work for Hoopball. But it's just crazy to think that that, like, that was me in college in 2001 to 2005. Reading Dr. A's stuff and then later on reading Bruce's stuff. And just thinking I'm absolutely crushing these leagues. No one can touch me because people don't know that this type of stuff exists. And now... It really is everywhere. It's pervasive. So I do thank you guys for choosing Fantasy NBA today, for choosing Hoop Ball as the place where you get your fantasy information. One more massive thank you to both Brew and Dr. Ray for carving out time at the same time together to do almost an hour on fantasy sports and just, you know, goofball. <laughs> Two fun guys who are really good at this that are also kind of goofballs. Once again, I am Dan Bespris. I would ask you all, please, if you've enjoyed this show, or really any of the shows we've been doing here in this run-up to draft season, I know this one was not as, like, this draft-specific heavy, but we did talk fantasy, more actually than I thought we were going to. Please do hit that subscribe button, drop a five-star review on the pod, follow me on Twitter, at Dan Bespris, or just Google Dan from Hoopball. That's a really easy way to find me. And I'd also mention, if you want to come work for us here at Hoopball, you can hit me up on Twitter about that. We are recruiting podcasts, writing for the full season, and we definitely need some DFSers so if that's your jam and maybe you're thinking, you know what, I should try out the, the analyst side of this thing, this is your time. You can also email us, teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. That's the email address. Again, my Twitter is at Dan Bespris. This show, as all of our shows, brought to you by our friends over at manscaped.com and mybookie.ag. MyBookie with a $25 odds boost on the start of the hockey season next week. There's an old joke that I believe, I'm going to butcher this, I'm sure, but there are two guys sitting in a sports book, and one of them says to the other, how's your day going, man? He's like, well, it's been rough. Started with a couple plays on football this morning, lost them both, 0-2 on NFL in the morning. So then I got down on a few baseball games, and I missed all four of those. I went 0-6 on the day. And then there were a couple more football plays in the afternoon. I missed three of those. I'm 0-9, and I can't, I can't buy a bucket. And the first guy says, what about hockey? And he goes, what the do I know about hockey? <laughs> well, that beauty part is that's me. What the do I know about hockey? Zero, but over at mybookie.ag, the odds boost just says if anybody scores in that game next week, a single goal, you win. This is like a minus 900 bet that's now even odd. So it's it's not a lock, but effectively a lock. Uh, so let's all make $25 together. If you don't have a MyBookie account, please sign up with promo code HOOPBALL so they know who told you about him, and come take $25 from them with me. These are not promo bucks. This is a real wager. And over the last 14 months, we've made about $500 in odds boost wagers to this point. Yeah, I know. That's a lot. So for the love of Pete... Just sign up, use promo code HOOPBALL, make your $25 deposit, 
and then make this $25 bet. And I don't care if all you do is bet odds boost. Bet the next 20 odds boosts in a row, and we can all make another few hundred dollars together. You can do other stuff if you like. And over at Manscaped.com, the promo code is HOOPBALL20. That's 20% off and free shipping on your order. But we'll tell you more about Manscaped over the weekend. Let's wrap this sucker up. Again, this is Fantasy NBA Today. Please rate, subscribe, whatever it is that the kids are telling you to do with pods these days. Again, I am at Dan Bespris. I know I said that a lot on this show, and I say it a lot leading up to the season. This is the time where I want to try to get you guys into camp hoopball. So join me, if you will. Uh, Once again, for October, 31 shows in 31 days. So we'll be back with you tomorrow. We'll be talking to Mike Barner on his mock team. I know we recorded that episode like five days ago, so I feel a little bit bad. But we are finally getting poor Mike into the mix. Sunday, we'll be talking to Alex Ricklin. Uh, We'll have a show with Alan Soroki coming up in the not-too-distant future. Jonas Nader should be on that Monday show, I believe. And then we'll talk to the great Josh Lloyd next week as well. Greg Ehrenberg, more Aaron Bruski. That's all coming up next week here as we race towards the start of the NBA season. Well, also, I have three real drafts on Sunday. One of them is a keeper league, so that draft results not particularly helpful. The other one's real nine-cat drafts, so we can start analyzing those too. Have a great Friday, everybody. We'll talk to you on the weekend. So long. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.